Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. So today on the show, I'm joined by Alexandra Antipa, and she's a fellow author. So let's welcome Alexandra. Hi, thank you for having me on our podcast. Bless you. Now we've connected through being fellow authors, which I absolutely love. But your positive change is also something I'm really passionate about. So please do share your story. So my story came from the life experiences I've had with death. And mostly with the death of my father, I was in the last year of college when he died. And his death not only took me by surprise, but it stopped me. I didn't know how to go on, what to do. And everything seemed so grim. I didn't know grieving was so hard. And I wanted to go forward to, for that period to be over things to go back to normal, but it wasn't possible. It wasn't possible to go back. So the only thing I had to do was to go forward and change the way I see my life. I love that because I I just really love it because when you're in grief, it is heavy. It's all consuming and things like that. And we do get stuck there. Many people for the rest of their lives But as you said, you didn't like it, so you wanted to move forward. And I've never heard it put like that, but it's beautiful. Thank you. It was so uncomfortable. I wanted to feel less angry, to stop questioning this why. Why my dad? Why my grandparents? Because after that, my grandparents died. And then I had friends dying from cancer, even though they were still very young and colleagues. And it was... I suddenly realized I had no control over death, but the thing I had control over was how I responded. And I couldn't let this define my life. It was, it would have been a shame to let it define it. I love it. I have a book coming out next year on good grief. And it's the reasons you're saying it's why I wrote it. So my background is nursing and I worked a lot in end of life. And when one of my patients would die, I'd see that the family and friends' lives would also kind of end because they didn't know how to move forward. They only knew from all the experience they'd had with that person. And so I just love what you're saying, that you found yourself there stuck with all these emotions, the anger and that, but you knew you needed to move forward. And it's kind of refreshing, really, that someone else gets where I'm coming from because we do get stuck. We do collapse, get angry and fearful but you found a way to move on. So please share, how did you do that? So I think my daughter gave me the biggest push. She came into my life three years ago. And then I realized um, I wanted to share many things, many memories, but they weren't necessarily related to the death part because that is only one small part of that person's life while I've had so many other wonderful memories to share. And I've told her about her grandparent. Of course, she doesn't understand too many things, but I've told her and I've realized I am left with so many things and he is still here because I am telling his story 
and the part he played in mine. And he's never gone. He will never really be gone. It's just really beautiful. As you say, like death, just one chapter in the story you created yes. together. And it is that storytelling of the story which keeps him alive, makes his life you know, worth remembering. It's beautiful. Is that what your book's about, the stories? Yes. The stories of how I, how I grew up watching these people and then as an adult uh, watching my friends, my family, they, have, they may have died, but I still go on through them. I still find the power to tell other people about their lives and how amazing they were. And I try to tell others who are still alive, who are still here, that I love them, that they matter to me. And most importantly, that they matter, they have their own place in the world. So it's not necessarily to wait until someone is gone to realize how important they are. Yeah, that is really important. Like they say, like regrets the dying or the life lessons of the dying. And it is that live your life, live your life while you're here. And we do just like, you know, repress our emotions, don't share our words, you know, the positive and the negative. We don't speak our truth. And it is that, isn't it? Like just saying, I love you. Thank you. You matter. I just think it's beautiful, the message that you're sharing. Thanks. And I think it's also about finally seeing that we have to live in the present and stop waiting for the next weekend, the next summer, the next anything because frankly it's not guaranteed tomorrow may not come and it's too bad not to live in the present not to have this moment and enjoy it yeah absolutely so your positive change is that bless you you've exposed to so much death and loss and that's changed your perspective on how to live so how were you before alexandra how did you view life before the loss I think I was less mature and I had a a more naive vision of the world because until I started to face death, I lived in a bubble and I thought everything is fine. My life is so beautiful and I want to do so many things. And then, as I told you, my dad died and I was lost. I didn't know what to do. What what is this thing happening? Why am I... hurting so much I wanted to stop I wanted to be like before I went to therapy and I kept telling my therapist I want to be like before and she she was very patient and she took me step by step and told me you cannot be like before because each experience good or bad changes you and death is without doubt the most transformative but it is up to us to decide in which way we, we change. And I think I learned a lot from losing people, but also I learned to appreciate those who are still around me. I think that's so powerful that, as you said, like all experience does change us and death is the most transformational. And I've certainly seen it in my nursing days, probably even with my own friends, that when there is a death, they either stop there or you just think, you know, you face your own mortality, think, right, I'm going to really live it. And it can be like, you know, that push you need. But yeah, it's certainly transformative, isn't it? Yes, it is. So what's been the biggest change for you? I know you say you feel more mature and you've written a book about the stories. How do you fully live your life now? 
the biggest change was stopping to please other people because I think this is something we do a lot. We start by wanting to please, I don't know, our partners, our family, our parents, especially because it's very important to us that we are seen the right way, even as adults. And I think that was my biggest change because I stopped pleasing others and finally focused on myself and the things I would really want to do, like having a baby, like writing, and it all felt fell right from there. It all came along. And I'm, I, I don't want to say happy because happy is such a simple word. I, I'm content. I think this is better. Yeah, my mom always says that, like, happy is quite simple. Like, if you give some child a piece of chocolate, they'd be really happy. But content, contentment, it has, like, a depth to it, a real maturity, I guess. You cannot be happy all the time. That's practically impossible. You would be exhausted from all (laughs) all this happiness. So, yeah. Bless you. So, do you use, like, quotes or positive sayings to keep you on track? Or is there quote your dad used to say that you'd work by so I think my dad was a very spontaneous person and he didn't have so many quotes but my mother has one and I think that's the most I don't know how to say defining thing she says life is like a string and when you get to the end that's it your time is up and some people have a shorter string than others and she's a very powerful woman i i i cannot believe she managed to survive this well and to i don't know she overcame the death of my father in in a healthy manner she she managed to stay strong to help us as well and she says i should not be upset he is gone only that his string was shorter than others and when his life had to end it ended and I don't know I think that's pretty nice that's kind of beautiful it's so true as well because you don't know how long your piece of string is you don't know how long your life is you know and I guess you could say some people have got knots in it and have a really bumpy ride (laughs) but it's so true the way she just spoke about your dad's life you know his string was shorter than mine it sounds so simplistic but it's a real collateral beauty to it it's kind of like a sad thing but yeah yeah kind of logical and helpful isn't it and um i come from romania and there we have a a very popular actress and i want to say when her mother was dying she went to the hospital to see her and she asked what am I going to do without you I don't know how to go on and she told her you should always look at your palm and there you will see not only me but the other generations before me because we are all connected and whenever you feel lonely you just think of that connection of how many people have been there before you and you are there as well always with them and that's I think that's, that's a very nice connection on, on living after death because this is also another issue. We don't know what happens after we die and we don't know how others, if they see us or not, if they, cannot, if they guide us or not. 
We hope so, but we cannot know for certain. Yeah, see, I've always liked that. I like to think that we're watched over and they guide us from a distance. They still see our achievements, try and support us during the sad times, but we don't know. But I love the sense of connection because we do think like death is so final, but we're just part of a chain, part of a beautiful puzzle almost. Yes. That's really beautiful. So the book came about, did you write that after you overcame your grief? Was it part of the grief journey? How did the book come about? So I started to write five years ago, even though my dad has been uh, dead since 2008, but I haven't had the courage. But what I wanted to do was write how I felt about him because it still hurt. It still hurt a lot. And I could not bring myself to talk about him without crying. And it was so difficult. And I started to write about him. And then I thought there are so many other people whose stories I would like to tell. And I started to write. And before I knew it, it was a book. But I, I did not have the courage to publish it until my husband, he told me, you should publish it. Others deserve to, to see those stories, to read. and perhaps find an inspiration to heal because writing is healing and I think there's no better way to put it. It is really healing. I love it. I love the fact your husband's giving you that extra push. It was the same with my husband. He was just like, here's a publisher, off you go. And I was like, really? Yeah. I don't think we ever feel ready, but that's probably again, when you've been exposed to death, you know, like, well, when am I going to feel ready? Am I still going to be around in one year, five year, 10 years? And it's yes. probably helped you as well, thinking we don't know how long that piece of string is. We have yes. to just kind of feel the fear and do it anyway. Do you feel yes. more courageous now the book's out there or now that you've gone through the grief? Do you keep changing after grief? Yeah, I believe it's not about being courageous, but about seeing life from a different perspective. I'm not seeking my courage. I am just taking things as they come and stop saying no. It's no is the dan most dangerous word in the vocabulary. <laughs> of course, I also have a toddler, so no is a problem. <laughs> but um, I think that's, that's how, I th how I see things. It's not easy to speak about death. It's not easy to grieve but it gave me the push to go forward and live my life as I want. And maybe not more courageous, but I do find the courage to go, to not stop, not remain there in that spot where I hurt, where I'm upset or sad. I love that. You said earlier about you just didn't like where it was you didn't like what grief felt like so you just wanted to move forward and go through it and you've certainly done that I mean you said that you don't care so much about what people think of you you've got a book out yeah. there you've had a child all the things that maybe you wouldn't have had so soon if you hadn't yes. been exposed to such loss because we always delay things we always want to reach that perfect moment and when that perfect moment comes then I'll do that or have a baby or get married or find another job I like. But until then we are missing precious time. And I think that's the most important thing to remember. It does end, we will die. And I don't know, it's, 
maybe it's not uh, the most positive thing, but it's true. And what we need to derive is that this time is all we have and we should use it in any way we want to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as you said earlier, like you said, like death's not positive and it's certainly not in a conventional sense, but there are positives that can be taken from it. As you say, that when you face death, you just think life is short, you know, what yes. can I do? But yes, it is painful and things like that. Absolutely. I mean, it's, we're all affected by loss, whether it's death of a loved one, a relationship, health, whatever yes. we, you know, we have lost and it does change us like we were saying earlier. So you have a positive take, as I see it, on grief, that you have this determination to move forward, to keep creating these positive changes, despite the yeah. fact that life probably feels like it's, you know, a little bit broken. So for people out there today that are stuck in their grief journey, how would you suggest they move forward? What one tool helped you? I think, as I said, writing was was an outlet for me because I started to write and I realized I felt better without making an effort. And you don't have to be, I don't know, a professional writer or have talent or something like that. I, you don't have to believe I have to write a masterpiece. No, you just <laughs> have to get your thoughts out on paper because once you see them, you realize they are not as powerful. We give them power. And perhaps... As we write, we'll move from negative thoughts to positive ones. Because when I saw on paper how sad I was, I said, no, it's not possible. I don't want to be that sad person who refuses to live, who shies away from life. I want to live and better. And then I started to remember happy memories. And I think I thought I would want to make those I lost proud of me to say okay I I did not get the chance to go on but you still do and you're wasting it so stop wasting it and go out there and live so yes I love that so is it like journaling when you just sort of don't think yes. about the grammar or the punctuation or even what you're trying to say you just sort of like dump it all down on a page yes because I once read that the brain is so powerful that you can take a negative thought and magnify it. You can, you keep ruminating over it and it gains power very much like a snowball in an avalanche. Yeah. So it's the same thing for a positive thought. So why not bring it down on paper and really go from there? I absolutely love it. And I love journaling. I don't do it enough probably, but I absolutely love it and it is that getting out of your head isn't it and then you think well it's almost like you've told someone i used yes. to do what's called morning pages so you wake up and you write three pages of a4 so a large paper first thing in the morning and it's really surprising what you wake up with even if you wake up feeling positive yes. you're still like did i feed the dog what am i doing today god that person really annoyed me yesterday and yeah. it's still there no wonder we That's don't sleep well. monologue yeah mm. and when you get it out I mean, I did it for a while and I realized I write the word, I think, rather than being really sure and certain, yeah. having clarity, I kept writing, I think that, I think it's because, and I was like, I can't make sense of that in my head. But as you say, once it's out and we look at it, you're like, do I yeah. say that? Do I talk with that dialogue? Is that true? And you can break it down, can't you? Yes. And you can make change, changes. It's easier. 
because in your in your head it's not that clear as you say you have all these thoughts that keep piling up on paper everything is more clear i believe yeah so i don't do it enough but it is like really powerful to get your words out it's i don't know it just sort of lightens the load a little bit yes so do you agree that when people are dying that they have regrets that there's lessons we can learn from about how to live a better life clearly the i believe we all have regrets it's impossible because we we choose one way to live but there are so many other possibilities and that is human nature no matter how good we have it we still wonder should i have done that would it have been better if and i believe when the time comes it's sense of urgency to find out the answer to those questions but we don't have the time so this is why it's important to spend less time on trivial issues while we are alive and concentrate on the things that matter to us not to others and also to pay less attention to material things to things we don't really need but often want to because of our friends, our society, I don't know, to go more for experiences rather than things. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, years ago now, I was um, a private chemotherapy nurse. So I used to go out and do community treatments for people. And I always remember, they say as a nurse, you always have one patient you remember. And I always remember nursing a millionaire in his mansion. And you know, he'd earned his money really, really well. And he used to speak about his regrets. And it is that he wishes he'd connected more to his family rather than to his business. And it doesn't matter how much money you've got, you can't yeah. really guarantee your health. And they, you know, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. I think we still kind of have the same regrets. Like, did I speak my truth? Could I have done yeah. more for the world and my family? Did I live a life that I wanted or that someone else wanted? And it does come down to that. I mean, I saw as you say, in all the end of life patients I had, no one ever asked me for the, you know, the designer shoes yes. or that car or that brand. It just comes like, could you find that person I didn't say sorry yeah. to? Can you make sure my children are here, my pets, you know? And it is that connection. Our connection to ourself is really important, but also to others and to life itself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'd always think, well, I'd like to see if it's worth being a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever know I mean? always like to try and maybe that could be one of my regrets but um that that would be one of the lives one of the lives we don't have so yes of course it's always nice to think of the opportunities opportunities we might have had but yeah dreaming is what keeps us, us going among other things because dreaming is always better than having in some way it once is. we have it once we have it we might discover it's not really that great or it's it's value goes off very quickly it's that's true and i think sometimes we kind of lack gratitude because you know when we're in our current in in the now if you will it doesn't feel good enough but it's probably what we wish for like a year ago five years yeah. ago and then when we get it this bigger better version yeah. we get a bit complacent and ungrateful i think this is the cliche of life because we are always waiting as i said we want that thing and once we have it we do not even stop to enjoy it we are running towards the next the next thing and feeling almost desperate i want to have it i want to have it now because 
my patience is running and I really want to have it now. And we stop, we ignore other people, our friends, our family, just to have these material things, which really are not that important. Because as you said, when the time comes, no one asks for any of these things. Anyone asks for family and friends and I don't know. It's probably like, the same. Yeah, it's probably the same as like with your dad. You say like, you know, you was going along living your life or a, yeah. a version of your life. But I think with your own dad, my dad uh, died like 15, 16 years ago, my stepdad. And then with my patients, and I think you just, I don't know if the word's blessed, but you certainly get insight into what's important in life. And you'd like to think as we mature and go through life and we have experiences, we think or we discover for ourselves what's truly important. But sometimes, like you said with the therapist, it's death is the biggest teacher, the biggest transformation. Yeah, I believe it's also this, we hate to have a normal life. We always want something more. We expect every day to be, I don't know, even better than the other. Of course, no one wants to have bad days, even though these are necessary. Otherwise, how we, would we appreciate the good ones? But years before, I used to work as a physiotherapist and I worked with um, severely disabled children. And I guess it was then when I realized those parents would have taken normal any day of the week. Yeah. But they did not have that normal and they struggled and it was hard and they still found the power to smile and to love their children. And it was a very good lesson because this is this normal. It's so important. It's our everyday life and it, we should appreciate it more. Stop running after the perfect tomorrow. Yeah, that's beautiful because we do forget. I mean, that's just a really beautiful example. You said about, you know, the disabled children and the parents, you know, that that is their normal and, you know, their child smiles. That is a good day. We just, yeah. I guess we just get so sort of caught up in our own lives that we, again, disconnect from others, disconnect from life and things like that. But yeah, like our good day is very different to someone else's good day, isn't it? Yes. It's beautiful. So your book is full of stories. Is it stories about how you remember your dad? Yes, and my dad, my grandparents, um, former work colleagues, um, university colleagues. In fact, two of them have a very sto similar story, dying from skin cancer at a very early age and I wanted to show some people have told me this book is not so comfortable to read but then again death is not comfortable I, I wanted to show that until until the actual death there was a whole story to tell and to remember and yeah I really think it's beautiful to say that there's a story there. And no, death's not comfortable. But as I always say, it's our only certainty in life. Yes. And we just get so busy trying to avoid it as if you'd like to you make eye contact or mention it, you catch yes. it. But realistically, I think we need to get comfortable with the only certainty we have. And I love the fact you're telling stories and their stories live on. And I'm glad that people are feeling uncomfortable, if I'm honest, because it just all comes down to connection. You're somebody you've connected with. There's a story. And when you're telling those stories, their life matters. 
even more so, do you know what I mean, in the forgotten stories. Yes. It's beautiful. I could speak to you all day. I think it's just beautiful the way you've looked at your own loss in your life and seen the great lessons in it and create your own positive changes. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It was very nice. Bless you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from shellyfknight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing. <laughs>